meditated as those words be absorbed in our heart. That though we go through days of sorrows, days of pain, days of agony, all will be well. When on our Father's love we rely for all the needs that we have. Then in living or in dying, all must be well. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Loving Father, through your love, may all be well for us in body, in mind, in soul, and spirit. As we hear and share your word, may our faith grow strong enough for us to sing through days of sorrows and pain. In the hearing and sharing of your word, grant us hope, hope to trust in you, to be good hearers, but also to be doers of your word. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this evening, as you know, you will hear of the healing service. And today, the title for this message that I've prepared is titled, Jesus, the name that heals. Jesus, the name that heals. There is a Japanese proverb that says, life is for one generation. You only have one shot at life. You only have one time to live this life. But a good name lives forever. Names are very important. We associate human names to humans, animals, place, things. We associate them with names. When you hear the name, Boris Johnson, you know who you're talking about. When you hear that name, we know who you're talking about. He is a politician, the British Prime Minister. When you hear the name Michael Jackson, we know who you're talking about. He was a musician who inspired the world with his talent at an early age. When you hear the name Stephen Hawking, you associate that name with a theoretical cosmologist. And when you hear the name Queen Elizabeth, amazing name, we think of a reigning queen who has blessed us with 70 years on the throne with exemplary leadership. When you hear the name Allison, when you hear the name Reverend Tony Mars, when you hear the name Michael Moss, when you hear the name Mr. Conley, whatever name you hear, you associate that name with something you know about that person. That is how important names are because they help us to form an identity of who this person is. A name is given and that name when it's given, it gives us a sense of identity of who that person is. When you sign at the bottom of a letter, you sign at the bottom of a document, it indicates ownership and gives authority and permission to act upon that letter. You can do A, you can do B, you can do C in that name. The name, the signature have given you permission and authority to do what is requested in that letter. And that is why when we write a letter, that is a portion there where you sign your name to say, in that name, go ahead and do that. When you write a check to the bank, 
as good and as important as money is. They want to secure it. But once they see your signature, they see your name to that check, what do they do? They take your money and they give it to that cause or to that person that you have signed that money off to go to. That's how important a name and a signature is. The person does not need to be there. I don't need to go to the bank and say, yes, I'm here. I'm the one who signed the check. No. They act on the name and they act on that signature that is on that name. Names can be used to unlock. Names can be used to release. Names can be used to redeem. A name and a signature can get things in motion. In Bible times, when children were born, they were given names that carried some significant meaning. Names that would shadow them in their lives. God promised Abraham that he would become the father of many nations. To fulfill that promise, what did God do? God had to change his name. He changed his name from Abraham to Abraham, meaning father of many nations. The name that God gave Abraham was like a seal upon the promise of God to multiply Abraham's family until they were as many as the sand upon the seashore. God made this change because a name is very significant. It gives us something to live up to. It inspires us to live up to our names. When you talk about Usain Bolt and you put him on the track, what does he want to do? He wants to be the fastest man. That's what he is recognized for. That's his identity. That's what his name carries. He wants to be the fastest man. We try and be inspired to live up to our names. You are to be father of many nations, God said to him. And hence, your name is changed to Abraham. Go and be that. When children are baptized here in church, some are given a Christian name so that that name will overshadow them in the whole of their lives. And in the Ghanaian culture, I'm not from Ghana, names are indicators of the day you were born. And I'm sure Tony will tell me if that is true or not true. If you hear a Ghanaian name called Kweku, it means that you were born on Wednesday. If you had a Ghanaian name called Kwamina, it means you were born on Saturday. If you had a Ghanaian name he called Donso, that means one who is reliable. So names have meaning. Names go around with us. They, they help us to form that identity of who we are. And in some cultures, every name has a meaning. And they are given for specific reasons. Now Jesus' name is a uniquely identifies him as Yahweh. Meaning, the one who saves. When Mary was pregnant with Jesus, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Mary will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save his people. It was a name specified for the mission that he was coming to planet Earth for, which was to save his people. It is a name that is now worldwide renowned and recognized by many in the world. Billions pray in the name of Jesus. Billions of people worship that name. We are just a small, minute part of us gathering here to call upon that name tonight. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus guarantees us 
his presence whenever we gather in his name. He assures us that there, he assures us that there is no other name given under heaven through which you and I will be saved except the name Jesus. Salvation is only possible in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name, wonder-working power in the name of Jesus. And so we have been granted authority, authority and the right to use the name of Jesus because we are children of the Most High God. According to John chapter 1 verse 12, it says, we are told that for as many as received him, to them God has given the authority and the power to become children of the living God. We have been given the authority to use the name of Jesus. Just as you will sign your name on a check and the banker will issue the money, so we are going to use the name of Jesus tonight and whatever is signed on that name, on the authority of that name, God stands by it. To us his children, Jesus said, in my name you shall cast out demons. Whatever you ask in my name, Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified. Paul the Apostle in his letter to the Philippians said this in Philippians chapter 2 verse 8 to verse 11, that Jesus humbled himself right unto death. He became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. Therefore, God has exalted him. God has given him a name, a name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Knowing this, that God has given Jesus a name, and that that name is above every other name, Peter and John, Peter and John were ready to use this name in their ministry and in their mission. The passage we read in Acts chapter 3 is about a man that was born lame, a man that was born crippled. All this man knew was to sit outside the temple's gate called beautiful to beg worshippers for spare change as they come and go to worship and from worship. For him, the day was a normal day. Just like any other day, uh, nothing was extraordinary about that day. Uh, he was just doing what he's always done, to sit at the gate, to shake his cup, to get attention, and to get people to give him some change. That all is always done, and that's what he was doing that day. It was a normal day until he shook his cup and got the attention of two prominent worshippers, Peter and John who at this time were loaded with the Holy Spirit that they've received in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. And they responded to him, we've got no money. That would have been strange to the beggar. It would have been strange for the layman to hear from these people that they have got no money, no money. You have been the people there on Pentecost. You've been preaching Jesus, telling us about Jesus. And people have been turning to Jesus turning to the message of love, the message of sharing, the message of giving, the message of help. This is strange that you are now telling me, you who preached that powerful message on the day of Pentecost, you are telling me you don't have any money to give. That would have been strange for the beggar. Yes, Peter and John did said silver and gold. 
we do not have. But they gave what gold, they gave what silver cannot do. They gave what gold and silver cannot do. They gave what money cannot buy, what medicine, what the doctors cannot do. Life is not always about money. Life is not always about all these things that we, we rush and we, 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 we cling to, all these things that we set our eyes and our attention on. Life is not always about them, not money especially in this case. But we live in a world, in a world where we throw money at everything. Whatever comes up, we throw money at it. Whatever comes up, we buy it with money. That's why we see so much injustice in our world. Because those who've got money can throw the money. And when they throw the money, they can get things twisted in the direction that they want it to go. We have the power to use our money to dictate how things happen in this life. And that is why people seek for it. Because they know with money, they can make life the way they want it to be. So much injustice in the world because those who've got money, some of them use it in an unjust way to get what they want in life. But life is not always all about money. For our government and many Christians and organizations, throwing money seem to be the first and the last approach to solve social and spiritual problems. We throw money at everything and we feel that we've done our bit. We've put the money, that's it, we've done it. Sometimes we make the mistake. And thinking that, oh, if I have a bit more money, Lord, if I just have some money, I'll be a happy man. I'll be a happy woman. I just need more money. I just need more money. But I can tell you, I know a few people who've got a lot of money, but yet still, some of them just can't sleep in the night because peace is not there. I've been in this country for long. It's a powerful country. It's a rich country. You can get almost everything, anything you want in this country. But I've never been to a shop where you can go and say, can I buy some peace? Peace is not on the shop shelves for sale. Money cannot buy it. You cannot go to the shops and say, can I buy some joy? Otherwise, all of us will work all our life to go and buy some peace and buy some joy. It's not on the shop floor for sale. It comes from above. Life is not all about money. There are some things money cannot get you. The truth here is that money is good. Don't get me wrong. Money is good, but it isn't the greatest need. It wasn't the layman's greatest need. Our greatest need is to establish a relationship. A relationship with our creator through his son Jesus Christ and live a life that brings inner satisfaction with or without money. In this story, Peter and John had a peculiar advantage. They had no money to throw in. That gave them the advantage. They had no money to throw in. Instead, they gave what they had. Through the power of the Holy Spirit that was upon them, through the power of this Holy Spirit that was poured upon them on the day of Pentecost, they authorized healing for the crippled man. Peter said to this man, who perhaps at this time would have been expecting some money with arms stretched out, waiting to receive something from them. Peter said to him, look at us. Just take a look at us. We are different. Silver and gold, we do not have. 
But what we have, though, is love. What we have, though, is compassion. What we have, though, is faith on the promised word of God. What we have, though, is a world that gives eternal life. What we have is the name of Jesus that heals. And at the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. They prayed for the beggar, and he got up in the name of Jesus. But with a bit of help from the apostles, they pulled him up by the hand, and the power of God began to move in his body, moved in his bones, moved in his muscles. He got up and was healed in the name of Jesus. Somebody say hallelujah. He was healed in the name of Jesus. What was an ordinary day for him had just become an extraordinary day. Tonight, by faith, be ready to rise up. Be ready to rise up to become the person that God designed you to be. Be ready to rise up uh, to desire to be ready to, de- to to rise up to become uh, what God set you out to be. Be ready to rise up to become what God purposed for you right in the beginning. Whatever had got you to sit down, uh, whatever has knocked your confidence down, whatever is telling you that you will never be better than who you are now, whatever is telling you that you will never get better, you will always feel the way you feel, you will always be where you are. I want you to hear that voice, but say to that voice tonight, there is a name that is above every other name. And tonight that name is speaking, and that name is Jesus saying, rise up and walk. Rise up and walk. And I pray that we will respond to that word. And so tonight with a bit of help as well for us from Alison our healing team coordinator, and the prayer team who are going to pray with you, who are going to speak with you, who are going to share with you. Be ready to receive. Be ready to receive the healing that comes, not in the name of Reverend Tony Myers, not in my name, not in Allison's name, but be ready to receive the healing that comes from the name that is above every other name. From the name of Jesus, from that name that God has given unto us, and tonight he has given us the right, he has granted us the permission to use that name, and that name has got the power and the authority to release healing. Peter and John use that name, and tonight we are going to use that name, the name Jesus. Be ready to receive healing that comes in that name. You may have come with a small expectation, ready to receive something small from God. But God is able to give us far more than what we can ask for or expect. In his prayer to the Ephesians, Paul said to them, God is able to do far more than all that we could ask or imagine by the power that is at work within us. That beggar on that day, all he wanted was some change. All the beggar wanted that day was some loose change. He never expected what was coming. He never expected that that day was going to be the day that he was going to be changed and transformed for life. He only wanted some spear change. But God gave him far more than he requested for. God gave him what money cannot buy. 
Tonight, may God give you what money cannot buy, what the doctors are struggling to deal with in your life. May the name of Jesus bring it to pass in your life. Those difficult situations that you are handling, that you are dealing with, we can roll them today to this name, this name that has got the power. God gave him what money cannot buy. He was given his life back. He was given his mobility back. He gave, he gave him good health to jump and to leap and to praise God. He was restored and he was assured of God's unconditional love. He only wanted change on that day, loose change on that day. But God gave him far more. He regained his voice in the community and he used that voice to invite others to be still and know that God is a healer. He used that voice to invite others to be still and know that God is the God that saves and God is the God that heals. He used his voice to encourage others to put their trust, not in man, but to put their trust in God. Put their trust in God, the God who heals in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. And so as I conclude, in this healing service tonight, which is also a communion service, we have that same name. Not a different name. The same name that Peter and John used. We have that same name. Very same name. Jesus, the name that heals. And we're going to use it in humility and obedience as you come forward for communion, and as you come forward for healing, as you come forward for prayer, we are not going to use no other techniques. We have not got any techniques wrapped up on our sleeves. We have not got any cunning word to use. We are going to use in humility and obedience the same name that Peter and John used in Acts chapter 3. And that's the name of Jesus. as we do that, you will have the opportunity to seek healing for your body, to seek healing for your mind, to seek healing for your spirit. In the name of Jesus, that heals. Amen. We're going to sit as we sing. If you want to stand, let's stand. I think it will be good for us to stand. You've sat for long and heard my voice.